Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Last week, we had a reminder of a battle raging in the Amazon, a dangerous fight to protect indigenous communities living and working there. A journalist and their expert guide were murdered. They went missing a week ago in the Javari Valley, an area in the Amazon twice the size of Japan and home to the largest number of uncontacted tribes in the world. Dom was highlighting the impact deforestation was having on indigenous communities in the Amazon for a new book. Tonight in Brazil, a desperate search is intensifying. Authorities now launching a criminal probe into the men's disappearance. The desperate search for an indigenous rights advocate and renowned journalist in a remote area of the Amazon in Brazil has apparently come to a grim conclusion. This crime has horrified people here in Brazil and globally. It's brought into sharp focus the dangers faced by those wanting to save the forest. Dom Phillips and Bruno Pereira were meeting some of the many people who rely on the rainforest and some of those who plunder its treasures. A huge task to govern that sort of area. And unless you take it really seriously, then it becomes a sort of lawless Wild West where anything goes. Who are the people on the front lines of the battle to save the world's great rainforest? And what are they up against? Dom's case has woken us up to actually the reality that indigenous people, environmentalists and journalists are going through daily. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Luke Jones. Today, the fight for the Amazon, the long, bloody history to preserve the forest. I'm Stephen Gibbs, and I cover Latin America for The Times and The Sunday Times. First of all, and ask you about Dom and Bruno, what do we know of them and why they were there in this uh, remote part of the country, in this bandit territory, as some people have called it? Dom Phillips was a freelance journalist, mainly working for The Guardian and other outlets based in Brazil, most of his time in Rio. He moved there about a decade ago. He actually moved to Brazil to cover initially the sort of rave music scene. He has a DJ background. Quite quickly, people thought this guy can write and he's got some good journalistic instincts. And he became particularly interested in, in what was going on in the Amazon. 
So about a year ago, he moved to Salvador, which is in the northeast of Brazil, a bit closer to the main Amazon region. And he was writing a book called How to Save the Amazon. And he was becoming something of an expert in that region. The book Don was working on looked at the politics, looked at the environmental work that needs to be done. But it also delved into the murky criminal world of illegal fishing and illegal logging. Bruno Pradella was a former government employee in FUNAI, which is the sort of government agency that looks after indigenous affairs. But in 2019, there was a big shakeup of that organization after President Bolsonaro became president of Brazil. He's sort of long clashed with these environmental agencies, thinking they're sort of overrun by leftists and got it all wrong and anti-development and anti-farming, etc., etc. So he was pretty quick to change the organization of that particular organization where Pereira worked. And Bruno left and went freelance, basically. And he was therefore available to help Dom Phillips in researching and getting out to talk to people to write this book. And this trip they did was the probably going to be the last anyway that Dom Phillips made. He had pretty much finished the book, we heard, and he hadn't been there to this particular region since 2018. And it was a sort of you know, just go and find out what the latest is after the COVID pandemic, how things were panning out there. Dom Phillips's work took him to some of South America's most remote locations. He would send his family videos and pictures of his whereabouts. But on Sunday, he and his guide disappeared. When did you first hear about this story? And what did you think when you first heard that they were missing? I first heard it on June the 6th, the day after they went missing, because I saw a tweet from Jonathan Watts, who covers the environment for The Guardian. And that caught my attention particularly because I knew Dom Phillips. I'd met him a few times when I was based in Brazil. And I also have been to that area in, uh, not that specific area, but I've been up to the Amazon. And, you know, if someone's missing there, that is serious. And what did your instincts tell you immediately about what we knew the circumstances in in which it happened as well? What we've been seeing really in the last few years, and this is a continuation of something that's been going on for decades, but it's got worse in the last few years, and that is a, a sort of decline in the security situation in the Amazon. The Amazonas state has become one of the places with the highest crime rate in in all of Brazil, and much of Brazil has a crime problem. So the initial worry was this was something criminal going on. And we all know that around the world, people who've been sort of digging into environmental issues, and particularly in these these sort of very isolated areas where there are also bandits around. I mean, that's something I'm familiar with in Venezuela. There's a lot of this going on in Venezuela. So it was my instinct Mm. was, you know, unfortunately, that this was trouble for Dom Phillips and Bruno. Now, uh, police in Brazil are searching for the bodies of two men, a British journalist, Don Phillips, and a Brazilian expert on indigenous people. Bruno Pereira found some human remains. The hunt and the investigation and the suspects in custody and the way they've been found. What do you make of the way that that all played out? Because there was a lot of confusion throughout it, wasn't there? 
There certainly was confusion. I mean, initially, what actually The Guardian and others were really pushing for was as serious a search as possible, as quickly as possible, because they felt that the Brazilian authorities that have been kind of scaled down in that region weren't taking this seriously. There were sort of pictures of just a few sort of environmental agency authorities beginning to look, but no helicopters, no drones, etc., etc. As it turns out, it does seem that probably the murders were, you know, within hours of these people actually going missing. So there wasn't really much to search for, but it was a sort of good effort and it, and it was reflective of the view of a lot of people that there's a government in Brazil that isn't taking these things seriously enough. But after that, yeah, there was a major search and a major investigation went on. Things that happened was that pretty quickly they found a suspect and arrested him this fisherman called Amarildo da Costa de Olvera. One of the two suspects in the disappearance of a British journalist. Hooded and masked, police say he confessed to killing Dom Phillips and his guide Bruno Pereira and that he led them to a site where human remains were being dug up. Quite quickly there were rumours he'd made a confession. Now, again, that was enlightening and interesting, but also a bit troubling. You know, how had he be made if he was innocent to make such a confession, but it appears that if it is true that his confession was sort of voluntarily made, the sort of backup that he really is the man is the fact that he then took the authorities to a very remote place where the remains of those two bodies were found, two miles almost into the dense Amazon jungle. Three men have now been arrested for the murders of Dom Phillips and Bruno Pereira, and another five suspects are under investigation for helping to hide their bodies all of them linked to illegal fishing, exactly what Bruno Pereira was investigating. What an extraordinary, extraordinary and terrible story of this unfortunate encounter for these two people. Let's go to the Amazon. My name is Leticia Valverdes. I am a Brazilian photographer based in the UK, with over 20 years of experience of working in the Amazon. Leticia is a regular contributor to the British and European press. You might have seen some of her photographs when our very own Christina Lamb visited the Amazon last year. Leticia knew Dom and is currently deep in the rainforest herself, staying at a village with the Munduruku people in Paris State, which is to the east of where Dom Phillips was working. I have a, a beautiful indigenous lady here helping me with the tech. Watch for Charlie. I'm just going to stop the children. Just a second. I'm going to stop the children coming in. It's a, a busy time of the day in the village. We basically switched off every single device on the village to try to get us a connection. So if you're hearing me, that's great. Can I ask about Dom, Leticia? When did you first meet him? What was it when you were in, in somewhere like where you are now? I met him in the late 90s. He was in the dance music scene and I was living in London when we crossed paths basically in the dance in the dance scene. <laughs> I was a Brazilian arriving in London and he was a guy who was writing about DJs. He was an editor of a music mag 
and we met. He was already attracted to Brazilians, groups of Brazilians. And then I lost track. We lost each other, but we have loads of friends in common. And more recently, well, I've been traveling the Amazon quite often, but when he moved to Brazil, he kept in touch, not super regularly, but recently I did a piece with Christina Lam for the Sunday Times and he got in touch. He was mm. really enthusiastic about the piece and we, we started to chat a lot again. And, and what did you make of his journalism and what he was doing? He was doing something I think that is very important, was very important and is important to continue. He is a very honest journalist and very passionate. I mean, all accounts show he was also a very generous person. You know, he very much was a guy who was celebrating everyone that was talking about the important subject that is the Amazon and the environment. And he was actually really in the field and really passionate to hear people's stories from the field, which is why... (laughs) He was where he was, really, mm. deep into the forest. And to be passionate, I guess, on that journalistic beat, as you'll know, you also have to be brave as well. Yep. And I suppose we hear a lot of the threats. You know, we hear the indigenous people, the environmentalists, the journalists, people talk of the threats. But I suppose when we are here, we meet such good people. We are embraced by the people that are here and want us to tell their stories that we forget the threats in a way. So we don't realize that we are being brave. We are actually here thinking that everyone is like us. I think they didn't realize that they were in danger in a way. In Dom's case has woken us up to actually the reality that indigenous people, environmentalists and journalists are going through daily. We always have had issues in the Amazon always have had a fight between the ones that want to exploit it and the ones that want to to defend it. But I think as Bruno and Dom's case has brought up, the fight has really gone up a notch. When the news broke that Dom Phillips was missing on a reporting trip in the Amazon, Leticia was preparing for one of her own. I know the area and the two and a half hour journey they had between where they left and where they had to get to is an area that it was a journey that was very known to Bruno. So eventually started hearing the media and stuff, started to think of the worst because they couldn't just have um, lost themselves. And when the news was confirmed that they both had died, you must have thought about unpacking all of your bags and, and cancelling your excursion, surely? Not really. I was with this incredible female indigenous leader who also knew Dom and we had a little cry and felt angry. And then she said something. She said, I'll never stop. So who am I to say I will stop? And just explain for us in these parts of the Amazon where there are many indigenous communities, where does the danger, where does the violence spring up in all of that? There are treasures in the Amazon and people want to get hold of them. And those treasures could be quite small scale, like the river fish of the Amazon can be sold at uh, substantial profit in in the markets around the region of, of Brazil, of Peru, of Colombia. And there are restrictions on when they can be fished. So if you are a commercial fisherman, you, you want to go into the place where there's no one else. 
and take out as much as you can. Alongside that, there's gold, there's lumber, you know, timber, and also potential for drug trafficking. Brazil is a, a major consumer of drugs. It's a big country with 212 million people. Next door is Colombia, which is a, the major producer of cocaine. So how do you get it from one to the other? A kind of discreet way of doing that is through the Amazon, through these sort of rivers uh, alongside the Amazon, etc. Mm. So when you have all those things combining, it's dangerous, If particularly if you don't have a strong state that is sort of keeping its eye on things. And, you know, what all the sort of environmental groups and indigenous groups are saying is that there's been a sort of pullback from the Bolsonaro government. There's not enough authority there to help protect what is, you know, under Brazilian law should be a protected indigenous reserve. There shouldn't be commercial people going in there. There shouldn't be drug gangs, et cetera, et cetera. But a huge task to govern that sort of area, as, mm. as, ever, as it's been repeated often, it's the size of Austria. And unless you take it really seriously, then it becomes a sort of lawless wild west where anything goes. Land grabbing in the Amazon is one of the biggest problems. People literally come and grab land and mm. literally say, this land is mine and I'm going to plant soya now. First they deforest, they burn, then they bring some cattle and then they bring the soya. This is the kind of cycle. It's a sort of frontier of whatever we call it, Western civilization, and it's a brutal sort of ugly process. And, you know, if you go to the frontier places of Brazil or Venezuela, you see these pristine areas. And when they're cut down, it's absolutely merciless process. And anyone or anything in the way of this potential for land grabbing, for money, for timber, etc., is thrown along the side of the road sort of thing. I think a lot of people feel that people like Tom Phillips and Bruno who were there were doing a much more important and dangerous job than perhaps they realised and certainly the, a lot of us observing from further afield also felt. And there's that amazing clip, isn't there, from a few years ago where you actually see Dom at some kind of round table with, with Jair Bolsonaro. Dominique Philippe is the guardian. Taking him to task across a table, really close to him. And Bolsonaro's response is just. The Amazon belongs to Brazil, basically, so mm. butt out. A book was written about Bolsonaro quite recently. I think it was called Bibles, Bullets and Bulls. <laughs> basically, you know, farming, the gun lobby, the evangelical lobby. That's his base. And when he says the Amazon belongs to us, that actually does resonate with a lot of Brazilians. We shouldn't dismiss that because there is a, a way of the international sort of agencies like Greenpeace or whatever, when they say something about the Amazon, the sort of right wing in Brazil are quite good at twisting that into these are do-goodist Western European agencies that want to get their hands on a territory that is fundamental to Brazil and look at what they did to their forests in Europe and how rich they all became and they're not letting us develop. They just want us to be a sort of plaything of the rest of the world. So he's no fool, Bolsonaro, and, and what he says does resonate with a, with a constituency within Brazil. Coming up, the long and brutal history of the persecution of those living in the Amazon and why it's getting harder to defend the rainforest. First, this. Hello, my name is John Cantley. 
I came to Syria, where I was subsequently captured by the Islamic State. John Cantley sat in a darkened room. It was the first of a series of seven such videos. Maybe I will live and maybe I will die. Last Man Standing, a new eight-part investigative series, begins this Friday here on Stories of Our Times with me, Anthony Lloyd, the war correspondent for The Times. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The threats to the indigenous people of the Amazon and to the forests they call home have a long history, going back all the way to the first European explorers there. The fight started in, 1500, in the 16th century when they arrived. Of course, it has always happened. And it's not only the fight you know, against the indigenous, it's also the, the river people, the people that have come to live around here, the people that were the ex-slaves that run to the remote parts of Brazil, you know, they're all people that live simply. People have been killed trying to preserve the forest. Famously in Brazil, Chico Mendes, who was a, a former a Brazilian rubber tapper who became a trade union leader, he was murdered by a rancher in the late 80s. So this is the sort of front line of two different views. Some people saying, chop this forest down and let's go cattle ranching, mm. and others feeling it's extremely important to preserve it. Destruction has happened progressively always, but is believed, and I do talk to scientists and to other people, is believed that the current government has made it harder to defend. Let's say the Burma, which is an agency for protection of the environment, has pretty much no money now. So they have no resources to respond to any emergency. I want to have hope, but I don't know. It feels that the powers are so big and the economical gains are so big that people have been crushed. There's a, a sort of strong and, and valid argument that the best custodians of the Amazon, really, are the indigenous people 
that live inside it. And they weren't heard much in the 1940s or even the 1980s, but their uh, voice is being much more heard now, fortunately. But in terms of the sort of legacy, I think it means that many of these indigenous groups are pretty suspicious of outreach attempts. You know, they feel that they've been betrayed and invaded too many times and they want to preserve what is left. But it's a struggle. It's an asymmetrical battle, really, when you're against a government that may not really care so much about it. And also this threat of sort of organized crime, which, of course, has no interest at all in in protecting the environment and will do whatever Mm. it's necessary to make as much money as possible. So all sorts of factors at play, but a long and rather tragic, really, history has been leading up to this. I'm hanging around a lot with newer generations, younger generation of Indigenous people, and they tend to think that the fight is bigger than ever. But I think the fight has always existed (laughs) and the violence has always been there. I think, I wonder if the young people, this generation of Indigenous people, the Indigenous movement is getting really organised and they are using technology and social media and the devices that they have, you know, People are flying drones to show invasion of land. How do you foresee this actually playing out? Do you think the cause of of defending the world from climate change might change minds around the world? I think there will have to be some sort of major economic incentive for the Brazilian government to continue to preserve the forest and, and stop cutting it down at the rate that is happening. I mean, maybe there's a technological solution. One can hope that. In terms of the sort of the situation in Brazil, it's not a sort of banging your head on the table or fist on the table. We have this enormous preserved forest still, and they just need to be encouraged somehow. And probably economics is the way to be careful and, and keep what's left. One of the things that we've seen recently that I think does affect policy in Brazil, perhaps, is things like supermarkets in the West saying, right, OK, we need to be completely comfortable that the beef that we're selling in a British supermarket, for example, is not from where trees have been illegally felled or prime forest has been destroyed. And, you know, with sort of modern tracing techniques, that's a bit easier than it was some years ago. So that sort of pressure, in a way, certainly if you're a Brazilian meat company and suddenly all of the European supermarkets saying, right, we're having a ban on on Brazilian imports because of this environmental offence, then that makes people sit up and think, definitely. Leticia, how on earth do you feel continuing this kind of work in that part of the world with with all those ramped up dangers that that you've described? I think that Domin Brunner's case was a wake-up call for a lot of us that are here that are doing this work. But like I said, we meet such incredible people that are doing, putting the lives of risks every day to defend the territory that we just forget that we might be in danger too, but they are the ones in danger. You know, they really are. They, they face this daily and we go and come back. But I think when we see their passion and their need, they are saving their own, their territories, their bodies, their livelihood. They are prepared. Some of them are very much prepared to die for it. So I think you end up just being so incredibly inspired by it that you forget that there is danger. And where we are here now, we had the other day a case. We were filming in a, in a soya field 
and our driver was coming to pick us up and suddenly got approached by the farmer with a weapon and said, what are you doing here? And we were hiding in the forest. So the driver never came back because he felt intimidated. He did come back eventually in the the evening, in the dark, when he could rescue us. But we were hiding in the forest with this indigenous person that was showing us the invasion in her land. And what Mm. happened there is brought us all the reality. And this indigenous person was saying, you see what we live with. This is every day for us. Mm. So as well as Dom and Bruno's case, they got out there now. I think it took us that one scene of the driver not being able to come and pick us up because he was actually threatened with a with a gun, brought us home what they live every day. Many, many staff of the Foundation for Indigenous People, which was what Bruno was, get killed every year. Journalists as well, you know, less well-known people that will not make the news. So hopefully, if there's anything good to come from this tragedy, is that this has been heard and mm. the world has noted. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times. With me, Luke Jones, and our guests, Latin America reporter for The Times and Sunday Times, Stephen Gibbs, and the photographer, Leticia Valverdes, with tech support in the Amazon from Rilcilia Ake, who's part of the Munduruku community. You can read more of Stephen's work at thetimes.co.uk or by picking up a print edition. The producers were Edward Drummond and Amy Leibowitz. The executive producer is Kate Ford and sound design was by David Crackles. If you have a story you think we should be covering, maybe you have an idea for a future episode or you've thoughts on some of the standing presenters, you can send in an email to storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. Goodbye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.